Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you are Lord in this place. We give you liberty, Holy Spirit. We, we surrender to you this morning, Holy Spirit. We surrender our hearts, our minds. We surrender everything over to you, Lord. Lord, I pray for the word this morning, Lord, that your word would come with clarity. Your word would come with power, Lord God, that you would speak into our hearts, Lord God. Father, we just thank you for all that you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the fear of God is what is needed right now in the church. And you know, what I was thinking about it in the worship is that the fear of God will break performance off your life. It will. When you, capture, when you get this revelation of the fear of God, what happens is that God begins to chip away and begins to break the performances off our lives. And you know, what I was thinking about is that what performance is, it's just a cover-up for what's really going on inside of our hearts. That's what performance is. But when God brings us into the fear of God, what happens is that we begin to come out of the performance and worship God, like Jonathan was saying this morning, in spirit and in truth. Amen? And so what happens is that when we come into this place of reverence, of awe, of honoring God with our hearts and not just our lips, what happens is that when, when we together as the church come and worship our God and our King, we're not worried about the time, we're not worried about the song, we're just worshiping God out of the truth and the reality of who He is. Amen. We're worshiping God out of the out of the adoration and the love and the um, the the fullness of ourselves. We're giving it to Him. And let me tell you this: when we come into that place of worship corporately as a church, earth transforms into heaven. The presence of God comes, and anything is possible. Anything is possible. God begins to heal people without anyone praying. As you press into him, his presence comes down and he heals the broken hearts. God speaks to you. God knows what you, you know, he, he gives you what you need when his presence come. Amen. And so the fear of God, there's no fear of God without the obedience of God. Okay. There's no fear of God without the obedience of God. And, and God is speaking to his church and we need to respond to the voice of God. We need to respond to him. God is our exceedingly great reward. He is our exceedingly great reward. He's looking for a people that are hungry for him. He's looking for a people that are, that are so thirsty for him, that are a people that will lay down their lives for him. He's looking for a people that are passionately in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's looking for a people that are willing to give up the world so that they could inherit the promises of God. Amen. God is looking for a people that, that, are, um, you know, that, that forsake their lives and, and truly give their lives wholeheartedly to the Lord, that are sold out for the Lord. God is looking for people that love him, truly love him. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I was thinking about it uh, the other week. Melody and I, we've been married for five years this, this year coming up. So some, some of you guys, man, that's nothing. Five years. Some of you have been married for like 30-something years. But five years, five great glorious years. And I tell you, in those five years, we've not spent one night apart. Not one night apart. But, you know, we... 
I love Melody dearly, like with all my heart, but God is my, my first love. He's my first love. I love him more than anything. But what I want to say is like, we haven't spent a day apart. And when I do go to work, it's like, what time are you going to come home? And then the next message is like, I miss you. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, guys, come on, hurry up, cut the grass. <laughs> you know, it's like, we got to go home. Those simple words, I miss you, put something in my heart to quickly finish up work and get home and be with Melody and the kids. But I say that to say this, that's like with God. It's like that with God. God, God wants, the Bible says that he's jealous for our attention. He's jealous for us. God yearns to be with you more than you want to be with God. Amen? The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But what we're doing is we're drawing near to the wrong things and God is waiting. God is saying, you know, I'm ready for you. I'm, I'm waiting for you. But it's like that. We Do we... I don't understand how we could go a day without praying and, and being in God's presence. And so we need to love God with a heart that's saying, God, you know, no matter, um, I, I will seek you to the day that I die. And it's like what, what David said, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Moses said, God, if you don't go with me, we, I won't go. We won't go. Because this is the reality. What point is the promised land without the promiser? Yeah, what point is getting, uh, you know, the greatest things without having him? He far exceeds anything you could ever receive in this life. When you receive Christ, when you receive Jesus Christ, he far exceeds anything that this world could ever give you. Taste and see that God is good. When you, when you get a taste of God, it's like you're just constantly wanting to get back to, into his presence. Amen? Okay, so the fear... The fear of the Lord is proven in the obedience of the Lord. Okay, how many of us know that actions speak louder than words? Yeah? Actions speak louder than words. Jesus says that if you love me, obey my commandments. Okay, so if we've got our Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to read from verse 11. And, you know, we know the story God called Abraham. He called him to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And God beforehand promised that through Isaac would come the promise of the seed, would be his inheritance. Isaac would carry the inheritance of Abraham. And so what happened is that God spoke to Abraham, okay, Abraham, sacrifice Isaac on the altar. And then the Bible says the very next morning, early the next morning, Abraham gathers up his men, gathers up Isaac, gets the wood, and they go ahead and they go to sacrifice Isaac. And so we're going to read from verse, verses 11. So this is just before Abraham takes the, the knife and slays Isaac. This is what it says. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I love that. Now that God knows that Abraham feared God. Why? Because Abraham obeyed God. God tested the faith and obedience of Abraham. God said, Abraham, the, the very thing that you love, 
the one that I've promised would be the heir to uh, to your descendants. I want you to sacrifice him to me. What did Abraham do the very next morning? All right, Lord, he's yours. You gave him to me, I'm giving him back to you. But Abraham, you know, Abraham, the Bible says he believed. He believed that God would raise him from the dead. So Abraham was prepared to kill his own son. And then the angel of the Lord appeared and said, stop. I know now that you fear God because of your obedience. And so we're going to jump to verses 15. It said, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess, everybody say possess, possesses the gate of the enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Okay, so Abraham, God God blessed Abraham, and he said, Abraham, because you obeyed my voice, in your seed, I'm going to bless the nations. The nations are going to be blessed because of your seed. And so that seed, it doesn't say seeds, the Jewish people, it says seed. That seed is Jesus Christ. Okay? Jesus Christ is the seed of Abraham. Jesus Christ, through Christ Jesus, all of the nations are blessed. Amen. You look at how far the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has come. Far and wide over the nations, and the nations are blessed because of Jesus Christ, the seed. Um, In Galatians 3.16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. And if you are, Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Okay? And is according to the promise. So this is why, you know, we sing, Father Abraham had many sons. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's because of the seed. This is why Abraham is called the father of many nations, because of his obedience to God. So God provided a seed, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. And so when Jesus Christ came to the earth, he was the son of God and the son of Abraham. The promise, God fulfilled the promise to Abraham through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when Jesus came to the earth, what do you do with the seed? You plant the seed. You plant it. This is what Jesus said. And um, I love this. It says in John chapter 12, verses 24, Jesus said, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Okay? So Jesus Christ had to die in order to produce sons and daughters of God. How many of us know that when you plant a tomato tree or seed, you're not going to get corns? Yeah? Or if you plant an apple tree, you're not going to get oranges. No, a fruit, um, you get, if you plant a, a seed, you're going to receive the fruit of that seed. So God, he planted Jesus Christ, and now he's reaping sons and daughters of righteousness. 
The Bible says that whatever you sow, that you will reap. Okay? This is why Jesus teaches us, if, if you don't forgive, then you will not be forgiven. The principle of sowing and reaping. If you forgive, if you are merciful, God will be merciful to you. Amen? Does that make sense? And so Jesus Christ was the seed that God planted. Jesus died. On the third day, he rose again from the grave. And anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? And so what happens is that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and deposits that seed inside of our spirits. And what happens is that God begins to do a work of sanctification within our hearts. And that tree begins to grow and it begins to bear fruits of righteousness, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? And this is what the Lord says in Philipp and the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, For it is the seed who works in you, both to will and to do for his pleasure, okay? So it's God in us working to will and to do for his pleasure, okay? Obedience to God is walking in the fear of the Lord. Abraham obeyed God, therefore he feared God, amen? And so God would not entrust his presence to those that don't obey him. God will not give his presence to a people that disobey what he is saying. And turn, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Sorry, Matthew chapter 21, verses 28. This is what it says. This is talking about the parable of two sons. And Jesus is giving us this parable. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Okay? They said to him, The first. The first said, God, I, don't, I won't go. I mean, he said, Father, I, I won't go. But he regretted it after. And he said, all right, I'm going to go. But the second one said, yep, I'm going to go, Father. I'm going to go work in your vineyard. But he didn't. And so the one that did the will of the Father was the one that obeyed him. Okay? The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. How many of us parents know if you tell your child, hey, son, clean up your room, and the child goes and does everything else but cleans up their room. You won't be pleased because they're not obeying what you said, right? It's the same with God. It's like God is saying, give me this, but it's like we're, we're doing all of this. We're doing church. We're, we're attending prayer meeting. We're attending to this. We're lifting our hands, but God is saying your sacrifice means nothing when I've asked you to obey me. We've got to be careful that we're not falling into sacrifice. We're not sacrificing over obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Ephesians 5 verses 6, the Bible says that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. The wrath of God. You know what the, what the word wrath means? It means extreme anger. So that means that the extreme anger of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, upon those that disobey what God has told him to do. Okay? 
But the opposite of wrath is delighted, happy, pleased. And God is, God is well pleased when we obey him. You know, when Jesus was baptized in the, in the Jordan River, he came up. The Bible says that the heavens open and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God was pleased because Jesus did not do his will. He did the will of his father. He obeyed everything that God told him to do. Okay, and so what is God telling you to do today? You know, Jesus never did anything outside of the will of his father. Everything that Jesus did was according to what God told him to do. Yeah, everything that he, he, he did was according to what God said. So what is God calling you to do today? In Matthew chapter 7 verses 21, let's quickly turn there. This is talking about believers in the church. Matthew 7, 21, I'll read it. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You who practice lawlessness. So what Jesus is saying is that those that will inherit the kingdom of God are those that do the will of God. Those that obey God are the ones that will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, you, you can, we can do signs, wonders, and miracles, but if, if, if we're not obeying God, then we miss the point. Amen? And it says here that they practice lawlessness. The Bible says that lawlessness in 1 John is sin. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 to 6, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he, Jesus Christ, was manifested to take away our sins. And in him, Jesus, the seed, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. You know, Jesus says that you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. So their fruits, fruits come from a seed. When Jesus Christ, the seed, is in you, you will bear fruits of righteousness. But the Bible says they practice. What that means is they, they did something over and over until they become professionals. Practice makes perfect. They were professional sinners. Amen. It's so easy to fall into religion, doing the, the things of God, but practicing sin. Jesus is going to say, away from me, I never knew you. Away from me, I never knew you. Because it's those that have the seed, the tree of, 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 of Jesus Christ in us. It's those that bear his fruit. that He'll say, come, well done, good and faithful servant. Is this good, church? Okay, so whoever practices lawlessness, Jesus will say, away from me, I never knew you. So how do we know him? We abide in him. We surrender to him. We yield our lives to him. We say, Lord, man, I'm a sinner. I humble myself, God. God, I've done this. I've disobeyed what you've told me. Father, forgive me. It's a continuing yielding and surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's abiding in him. When we abide in him, the Bible says that we, we will not sin. Amen? 
And so abiding in him, daily surrendering to Jesus Christ, the Bible says if you sow into your flesh, you will reap corruption, but if you sow into your spirit, you will reap life. Okay, so we reap what we sow. God wants us to consecrate our lives to him. He wants us to give our bodies to him. He wants us to, to come to him and allow him to clean our hearts, clean our hearts, clean our bodies, clean our minds. God says, be holy as he is holy. Consecrate our lives to him. Your body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for your body. 1 Corinthians 6.13, it says, Food for the stomach, and the stomach for food. But, will, but God will destroy both of it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God really spoke to me through this scripture. And what it's saying is that your stomach was created for food. And God created food for your stomach. Okay? How many of us know if you eat rocks or if you eat glass, it doesn't go in your stomach? Yeah? yeah it's going to destroy your stomach. And we know that, you know, people are doing things to their body that, that are destroying their bodies. Um, people, I saw this testimony of this guy um, that God instantly healed. And this guy prayed for him. And he wanted healing because he had sniffed so much um, deodorant and, like, chemicals that, it, that it's affected the way he thinks. He could not read. He could not read. He was slow. He thought that he was, he kept constantly thinking that he was dumb. But when the guy prayed for him, God instantly healed him. And then they got him a Bible, and he just read the Bible as fast as anything. And the mother was just blown away. But like, this is what I'm saying, is like people are doing, are doing things to their body, sniffing petrol. Petrol does not go in your body, you know? Um, the body is for the Lord, and the Lord for your body. Like smoking, let's, let's hit this area. Your lungs was created for oxygen, and oxygen was created for your lungs. Smoking was not created for your lungs. Smoking was created for the chimneys, the fireplaces, okay? And like, we're, we're, the world's not dumb. Like, we, we put out warnings, lung cancer, you know, you got all of this. But it's like, God, God specifically created things for a reason. You know what I mean? God puts boundaries within the human life so that we do not cross boundaries. Like, sex was made for marriage. When we cross those boundaries, it's not, we're not meant for that. Pornography is not made for you. You know, fornication is not made for you. Adultery is not made for you. Sexual immorality is not made for the body. Your body is for the Lord. And so just as like the same as you drinking a whole gallon of petrol, it's like you committing sexual morality. You're destroying your body. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Keep your body pure. Keep it holy. Keep it onto the Lord. Does this make sense, church? Um, so we were created for the Lord. And Jesus is addressing the sin. He's addressing sin in our lives, and he came to destroy sin. How do we get freedom? Jesus Christ. If you're struggling in the area of sexual morality, Jesus Christ will set you free. 
He will set you free by the power of His Spirit. He will deliver you and set you free. And there is an incredible blessing and fulfillment when we obey the voice of God. The Bible says that holiness is perfected in the fear of God. The fear of God perfects holiness within us. The fear of God is obedience to God. So the more we obey God, the more we walk in the fear of God. And what happens is that as we walk in the fear of God, what's happening within our lives is holiness is taking place within our lives. We are becoming more like Christ Jesus. We are becoming holy like as he is. I remember in 2015 when God um, specifically spoke to me um, to give up rugby. And rugby at that time was a big idol in my life. And God spoke to me out of that verse, uh, Matthew 6, 6, 6, 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And God was placing on my heart, you need to give up rugby. And like at that time, I thought, man, yes, Lord. You know, I was like, God, yeah, I'm going to give up rugby. And so this was at conference. It came back. I gave up rugby. God said, "Give give up rugby, not because of the sake of it, but to pursue him. I gave it up not because, you know, it's just the thing to do. Like God may be speaking to you about something else, you know. Give up Facebook. Pursue me. And so when I obeyed God, when I gave up rugby, what happened is that God began to bless me. God began to bless me. And, you know, I played because I enjoyed it, um, but it was more of the, the need of acceptance, you know what I mean? It's like the need to, to, to look good or whatever. But it was an idol in my life at that time. And so when I obeyed God, I gave up rugby. God began to bless me. And then after that, okay, give up the things that you're listening to, the music. Okay, give up the things that you're watching. As you obey God, um, he begins to chip away, away, away at things until holiness is perfected inside of your life. Does that make sense? It's like... But if we disobey God, we don't step into that next, that next level of holiness and intimacy with God. But we've got to obey what God told us to do last. If it's forgiving someone, go and do it. If it's paying back someone, go and pay them back. If it's giving up your cell phone, don't, don't push that voice away. Do it. Because when you encounter him, he is worth, he's worth every sacrifice that you could ever do. Amen. And I stand here before you and say that, man, everything that I've obeyed God is worth it. He is worth it. Um, so, yeah, so what is God telling you to give up? You know, as we, as we obey God, God begins to bless our lives. And we, we've got to stop fighting what God is saying, telling us to do. You know, we've got to stop fighting that voice. We've got to stop rebelling against what God is saying for you to do. The blessing is in the obedience. The blessing is in what God told you to do. Remember Jesus told that blind man, go and wash in the pool of Siloam and you will be healed. If that blind man went and washed in a different pool, he would not be healed. But as he went and washed, he he began to see. Yeah? What about um, King Naaman, you know, the king of Syria? When he came to Elisha, the prophet, you know, he wanted healing. He wanted to be healed of his leprosy. But Elisha sent the servant out. He didn't even go out to see him. He said, he sent the servant, tell King Naaman, go wash in the Jordan River seven times, okay? And then you will be healed. I mean, when he obeyed, 
then he was healed. If he only washed six times, he would not be healed. Okay? So the blessing is in the obedience. What is God telling you to do? When you obey, then God blesses. The miracles come when we obey his voice. You know, church, we've got to treasure the voice of God above everything in this life. We've got to treasure his presence. We've got to treasure that, that, that still voice that nudges us. Hey, look, this is grieving me. Give it up. Okay? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> we've got to stop fighting God. The Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. If you come to Jesus Christ, he'll, he'll give you everything that you need. Jesus Christ will heal you. He'll heal your heart. He'll heal your body. He'll heal your mind. Jesus Christ will give you a mind that is not tormented with fear. Jesus Christ will give you a life that is more, um, that far exceeds your expectation. Jesus Christ will provide for you. He will prosper you. Jesus Christ will protect you. He'll protect your family. He'll protect your children. Jesus Christ, he will lead you. He will guide you into righteousness. Jesus Christ will give you eternal life. Jesus Christ will break the, the shackles of sin over your life. He'll break the addictions that you struggle with. Jesus Christ is the promise of God. When we believe in him, he will set you free. He will set you free. We've got to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll make a way in the wilderness. He'll, make, he'll lift you into high places if you humble yourself. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud. When we're proud in heart, when we try and do things our way, God is not in it. God is not in it. When we humble ourselves and say, man, you know, Lord, I, I humble myself, God, and this is what you're saying, I respond to you. Everything that I have is yours, Lord. Everything that I have is yours. And let me say this. When you have Jesus Christ, he, he, has, he will give you everything. He is everything. We don't come to him because of what he can give us. We come to him because of who he is. Oh, man. Of who he is. He is Lord. He is king. He will give you a love that, that no man, no woman can ever give you. The love of God is great. You know, when we, when we walk in the fear of God, the obedience of God, God will give us treasures. Treasures. He will give us, um, he will give us uh, rewards when we earnestly seek him. And the fear of God is not to be afraid of God, but it's afraid of being away from God. It's like when we don't obey God, we're, we're, we're pushing ourselves more away, away from God. And God is saying, come back. Come back and do this. This is what I've said. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website, celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.